Oh wait, wait, what? What? Oh, you guys are there? Oh, hi everybody. We are, we are. <laughs> Even though we're on holiday break, we are here. Ah, damn it! We're supposed to be on holiday, but you know what? <laughs> Nerds don't rest on holidays. We get active. We get. Uh, we got a great episode. We got. Uh, we got movies to watch. Yes, yes, we did. Oh yes, Santa Claus has given us movies woohoo so i hope everyone has had a great awesome merry christmas i hope everyone got what they wanted i hope no one got any cold from the fat man <laughs> yes fat man a nice plug Glad over you. there yes it is so um before we get into today's episode um which again we have some we have great guests for you guys tonight just some quick housekeeping announcements that you guys know what's going on in the week so this friday no no new episode of nerds recorded but on january 8th we will have the recording with amy davis voice actress also, um, cosplayer, also Twitch streamer. Make sure you tune in and subscribe to Nerds Around to see that awesome interview. And um, we got to hear her do some awesome voice acting and everything, too. Uh, Saturdays, Medusa's Cascade D&D podcast gets released every Saturday. Please, guys, check it out. Um, it is a dope podcast. We are on episode nine now, I believe, Law. I think we're getting into episode eight. Yeah, I think nine, like eight, nine, eight, eight. I don't know. We're, we're almost at it 10. It doesn't matter. Go yeah. follow it. Like, that's the that's the wall for me. They don't know. Just put it on Spotify right now. Listen to it on your list. Also, too, guys, make sure you check out Comic Cast on YouTube and Facebook. Make sure you guys are checking out Comic Cast. They have some awesome uh, creative interviews there as well. They're uh, basically our buddies over there. And we're going to give those guys a shout out. I hope they're doing the holidays. Make sure you also check uh, Michael Gracia for Get In Tune. Check out his uh, Get In Tune channel. So um, without further ado, uh, Tom, before I introduce our guest, could you please give us the warning, please? Yes, as all things that we do here at Nerds of the Round, we are diving into spoilers. We are talking about this movie. If you have not seen it, go to the theater and watch it. If you don't have a theater near you, get on HBO Max. If you can't get HBO Max, borrow it from a friend. See it before you listen. Tony Stark has died. The spoiler warning has been dropped. So without further ado, we want to bring in our guests because we're so excited that they're here with us today to get to talk about the one, the only, Wonder Woman, KKK, Diana Prince. So our first guest, she's a Twitch streamer, awesome cosplayer. You can see her do some dope cosplay on her Instagram, Facebook, and had conventions. I got to see her Wonder Woman at Beyond Con, which was also really dope. We want to give it up for the on, the only, Jacobo But What is up? Hey, what's up? Hi. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on Talk Wonder Woman. And we're Thank happy to have you. you here. Next person on the list. I like to call her our resident uh, Wonder Woman because, you know, we always hang out at cons and everything. She's always there, very supportive. Um, she had this dope um, cosplay, too, of a Wonder Woman uh, renaissance dress. She is part of the Pajingers and Wallhangers podcast. Please give it up for Katrina Demascara. Katrina. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Katarina, how are you doing? Hi. Good, how are you? Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, guys, also, too, you could check out these lovely ladies at inbeyondcon.com. Um, we have Chocobo's Twitch stream up there, and we have a dope uh, panel that featured Katarina about talking about you know podcasting and everything. So, please make sure you check that out. So, first things first, ladies, I want to get your thoughts on the movie. Um, whoever wants to go first, coin toss. Um, Heads or tails, who wants to go first? I will uh, defer to her. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was you are up. What's up, Enrique? How you doing? Hey, Enrique, how you doing? Go ahead, Chacoba, but you are up. So I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I do think that the first one, I, I prefer the first one 
a little bit more, but I really like certain parts and scenes and definitely the little spoiler during the uh, credit scene. I absolutely love that actually got me emotional, <laughs> which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Katharina, you've been tagged in. <laughs> um, I apologize because I was talking so much before this podcast started. They're going to be hearing a lot of repeat things. Um, this was not the Wonder Woman movie that I went into the theater expecting, but I very much appreciated and enjoyed it for what it was. It had some really great Easter eggs, um, the way that they continue to weave uh, a lot of her backstory from her different iterations into this uh, cinematic universe is always a treat. And, you know, I'm DC through and through. Um, I'm always here for it. So, yeah, I liked it. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, for me, it was a fun movie. I ranked it as my third favorite DC movie. I rank it on my third on the list. Um, right? Uh, yes, it beats Aquaman for me. Were there problems in the movie for me? Yes. Wasn't a bad movie, wasn't a great movie, but it was a good movie on explaining the character. That's how it felt for me. Um, so, I mean, how did you guys feel about the opening of the movie? Let's start with that, with, uh, you know, going in with the Amazons and everything. How did you guys feel about with this opening, revisit the Amazon and seeing Wonder Woman as a young girl during this whole obstacle course? There will never be enough that mascara for me. Never, Same. ever, <laughs> ever. I think they upped the ante with like production on that opening sequence because it was yeah. Like the was gorgeous to look like look at in the first movie, but this was just like, oh wow. What I love, one of the things that I hate about New Fifty Two is making her a demigod. So it's like all the powers or all the abilities that she had earned in like my favorite, which is Post Crisis Perez run, was kind of stripped from her. Now it was just you know she's Zeus's daughter, so it's inherent. So getting to see this, these you know these games, um, is a callback to that time where she had the trials where they were all fighting to see who would represent the mascara when they were all competing to see who would represent the mascara in man's world. And um, even though this isn't the one that I would have loved to see, which would have been crisis uh, or post-crisis Wonder Woman, getting to see any of them mascara, but seeing them do the game, seeing the athleticism and um, even just the way that they, like their personal mor moral code, like there are no shortcuts to getting to where you are. You, mm -hmm. have, to, you have to earn it brought back that she, yes, even though she was born with these inherent powers, she still worked very hard to get to the level of where yeah. she was. So that was, those scenes in Themyscira were, were very precious for anyone that, that was disappointed with how New 52 kind of changed who she was. And you know that I had a, a real problem with oh, that. Oh yeah, I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I, get, I get so happy when we see as, as bad as it sounds, I love it when we get to see heroes fail because there's such a disconnect. Like, that's why I've never been, like, a huge Superman fan, personally. There's such a disconnect because it's, like, he's almost so perfect that it's, like, how do I connect to this kind of hero? He's too perfect. But, like, in, you know, the beginning of Wonder Woman, which you could find this scene anywhere, so this is probably the least spoiler part. Um, you know, like, you see her fail as, like, she, she kind of cheats. So she fails in, you know, winning the the games and she gets angry and she throws like a little hissy fit a little bit and she has to get told like, this is not how you act. This is not how you achieve your goals. And it sets the tone 
kind of for the movie and that you have to be true and honest. And I, it took me a while to figure out that connection from the beginning to like the end. Cause I was like, what did this beginning have to do with it? And then I was like, Oh wait. Cause she's like, you have to be honest. And I was like, ah, oh, there we go. <laughs> but I like that we saw her have that moment of like, you know, we've all been frustrated where we tried very hard at something. Maybe we cut corners, even if we didn't and we failed even tried hard. And that's what I love about Wonder Woman is she has the, you know, the godlike strength, the crazy superpowers, the like, you know, you can't touch her. Like she's not a real person almost, but then you have those moments of just, you know, she's like everyone else. She she has she feels the same way like anyone else does, even with with or without powers. And I, I love that they show that. Did anyone and I'm just going around everyone on, on the podcast today, um, notice the change in the voices of the, the the dialect of the Amazons from Wonder Woman 1 to Wonder Woman 2, because my wife had pointed this out, was that they sounded more to match Gail Godot's accent versus how they were in the first movie. Did anyone notice that? Well, they did the same thing in the first movie, but I think uh, with the different actresses and um, that they, they didn't hit the accent quite. <laughs> Right, <laughs> but it was—it was something that they said that because she was having such a hard time doing a non-her. I'm sorry, I forgot what she is. Um, She's from Israel. She, so with her Israeli accent, she was having a hard time doing an American accent. So instead of making her continue to try to do American accent, everybody else had to match her. But they did it in the first film as well. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and it, they, there was a whole article and, and stuff about it. Um, so I wasn't surprised by that, but I did notice that some of them hit it a little harder than, than the others. And I don't know if that was a choice or not. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that you mentioned it. Cause I <clears throat> think I like passively noticed it, but I like didn't give it too much attention. And so you guys just brought it up again and I was like, Oh, right. That's what I heard. Yeah. Some of the some of the accents were much more pronounced, I noticed, but it was also different people than it was in the first mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. So it could just be that they they went a little hard with those accents instead of the other ones who had already done it, and so the inflection was a little softer. I don't know. But I thought it was yes, good... you can't not notice that they all had that. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 Robin Wright sounded like she was putting more emphasis into it. Oh yeah, uh, like especially yeah. after like after Steve asked told me about it, and then we were listening to it earlier today, and it was like, oh yeah. Cause, you know, I haven't, you know, from 20, from the 2017 movie. So it's, just, I know. watched, well, I watched the <laughs> 2017 movie back to back to this one. So it, okay. it, like, it was a little more prominent, but I wasn't sure if it was just a me thing. Like I was like, Oh, like this sounds off, but maybe I'm just going crazy. Yeah. yeah it, 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 some of them went a little, but I don't know if it's because in this one, they were angrier. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so when you yell, you have to, you have to kind of give it that Russian yell. I don't know. Listen, <laughs> they, they were better than Josh Whedon's depiction. Let's be honest right here. <laughs> oh God, we don't, we don't, please don't stop. Josh Josh we, yes, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about one that we're, we're talking about a good that's movie. Like saying, uh, that's like saying like Voldemort, you can't say the yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't touch this. We don't touch that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He has no power scene. over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's jump into that mall scene. How did you guys feel with uh, that mall scene that we saw with um, her taking out the bad guys? And I mean, there was really I no, love that. <laughs> that scene to me it was a fun scene. How did you guys feel about the scene? Give your 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 everything. What was going on when you guys saw this scene? I I noticed like I I don't know if it was just like in that scene, but like her co the colors on her um, outfit seemed 
like brighter and just in like the quick shots of her not the full like you know zoomed in but the quick shots she every time she did a quick shot i had to do a double uh double check because she looked like linda carter wonder woman in those scenes and i got so happy because like get, don't get me wrong i love gal gadot as wonder woman but like i love like the hints of like the linda carter wonder woman that we saw in this movie and just like the bright colors made me that and just the i think that there was definitely a film over the movie right like a, oh yeah oh yeah film? okay that wasn't it was me like okay. an eight, they, they took like an I eight, eight, eight <laughs> yeah no i definitely love the film but um that was like over it that little like filter they had going on the whole movie but that opening scene was just so great and i just love the lasso so much so like anytime we get to see tons of lasso usage i'm like yeah sign me up <laughs> 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 and you see just how multi-use that lasso has become. It's, mm -hmm. it's not yeah. it's not your grandma's lasso for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I even really loved that her little whatever that little girl, the the little wing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought that was so because that is a callback to the comics where she talked to mm -hmm. that little girl and and um and there are just so many call one thing I really love about Patty Jenkins is that she tries to infuse as much history into ev everything. Um, and it's all in the little details, but I, I love the whole 80s vibe. I thought, it, mm -hmm. and it, and it, like a child of the 80s, like myself, it was like, I was watching something from the 80s, but it's new. So, you know, like there's stuff that you watch when you're little and you're like, oh, I love this movie or whatever. And then you try to revisit it and it, and it looks not great. <laughs> and and, and, and this was like, yeah, yeah, or or even like Goonies. Goonies is still an amazing movie, but oh, when you Goonies go back and watch it with an adult's eyes, you see all of the. We were dumb kids. <laughs> we bought all of this, but now it's like I'm getting to enjoy something from the '80s, but it's to the standards that we've all come accustomed to with you know with technology, and um, mm -hmm. it just the other thing with both the first Wonder movie and this one, it, they're so much lighter. Um, and it's not a forced lightness that you get. I don't mind DC being dark because that DC's just that's their thing. Um, but that whole the name that we're not going to mention anymore, trying to turn Justice League into <laughs> something that it's not. When you get that forced humor, you feel it. It's fake and it and it doesn't hit it right. Not to mention you get a lot of these like one thing that always bothered me is like they have a joke and then they build the scene around it and mm -hmm. and that's when you get everything is so disjointed but this everything is just weaved in because it's part of the whole fabric of this this film and so all of these moments of lightness make sense they don't feel forced they don't feel like tropes they just feel like they're like little nuggets of delight and yeah that trash can oh man that trash can <laughs> i i know it was like in the trailer because i watched like i saw the trailers after but i didn't know that was coming and i thought that was hysterical <laughs> yeah <laughs> And Enrique wanted 80s music. Don't worry, Enrique. I'll send you a nice track. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they got 80s music in the trailer. So we had 80s there music. Was there was also so no much pointed out that there wasn't, a there wasn't a montage, like a some 80s montage that happened or like a beat em up sequence kind of thing. And everyone was like, yeah. but you, you yeah. had moments. The, the part where he's like dressing up in different outfits. That's a little right. bit of a montage. I, that's what I was trying to explain. I was yeah. Like, yeah, like, but that doesn't count. Come on. It was kind of like a, a superhero montage. You know. There was a lot of synthesized music throughout. Like mm -hmm. it had that yeah. like 
But yeah, I was kind of expecting to hear like 99 left balloons or something in the background of the mall or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I'll be, I didn't but miss I, it. I'm kind of glad they That's didn't fair. do that because um, for me and Miss and um, Captain Marvel, some of the soundtrack sounded like it was forced because they wanted to stay with that era. So I kind of like that they didn't really, you know, throw too much 80s music because I felt like they yeah. had to try to force music in there. Um, yeah. I liked the opening scene in the mall. It was nice. Um, I am a little bit of a stickler. I'm going to be honest with the CGI. I, I It felt a little cheesy, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I went in there with no expectation. I want to have fun, enjoy the movie. And it was yeah. enjoyable just watching because it was a, it still was a very fun scene. Mm -hmm. um, and the CGI wasn't as bad as Superman's mustache covering. <laughs> Never forget. The Never forget. <laughs> no, 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 they, they, we, at oh, least we got you know, decent, decent 80s mustaches, you know. <laughs> So many 80s even, even like when she used the lasso to take out the cameras and you're seeing those retro cameras mm, and yeah. when the gun falls out of his pocket and it's like, you know, the Magnum PI gun and you're just like, <laughs> even like the style, the, the pleats in the pants. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'm I'll glad that they, I'm glad that they took out the cameras because they, uh, what we got from in what Batman versus men was that she right. hadn't really donned the costume between under, the first movie and that. Car. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, how are you going to retcon all of that? Like, bring it. I, I was so confused from the trailer. I was like, you guys brought back Steve? How? How? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Like, there was a lot of stuff and that I was like, mm. I wanted to see what they were going to do because I'm like, right. how are you going to have Robin back? How are you going to have Robin Wright back? How are you going to have mm. Connie Stevens? Like, how are we revisiting all of this stuff? And um, the. The other, like, how are they going to work in the invisible plane? She flies. What do you, what do, what are we doing with that? But then I was, yeah. when I started watching it, I'm like, oh, this is why they said in the 80s, because this is in a time where it is very plausible that she can be out doing stuff and still nobody see her. Yeah. Cause there's no cell phone yeah. cameras. The cameras that are, are there are not the best quality. And you could see mm -hmm. that that camera is probably the size of a Buick and <laughs> very yeah. easy yeah, to take what? out. Yeah. You bet that they they purposely sold the huge ass cell phone. Remember how it's like just really oh, yeah. big. <laughs> the, 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 the monitor she has in her apartment where she has all the CCTV cams. She's got all these like little like nine inch yeah. cameras. Yeah. And uh I, I love when uh you know when Pedro Pascal's like, I got you with a 19 inch 19 inch TV at Sears. It was like, yeah, we're in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> they also, they also, uh, I love I, that I, line that she said. I'll stick with the TV I don't have. I'm like, yeah. oh, <laughs> go ahead, Diana. They, they so, made it a point to make her speed one of the reasons why you couldn't catch her on camera regardless because, like, you'll notice uh, even at her slow down pace, she was still reacting to bullet time. So she was fast enough that even if she did get caught on camera, it wouldn't be good enough of an image. And that's why, like, the newscasters were like, did you see that blur or whatever the case was? So that, that was a good uh, foresight on their, their part. Before we, we go into the plot, though, with the movie, um, I do want to touch up on the second action scene we kind of had that we had, which was when she was chasing down Max Maxwell Lord in the desert. How did you guys feel that. about that action scene? Um, so that that was like one of the only things I kind of knew going into the movie because I also didn't really want to know that much. Like I knew Cheetah was in it. And that was it. Like when I first started watching, I didn't even know Pedro Pascual was in the movie. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, kids, but, that, 
yeah he 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 was so good but um that scene was pretty cool. There were parts, like we said, with the CG that were just like, uh, this is not that great. But other parts, like the actual fighting parts, I thought were pretty well done, at least on my TV. Like they looked pretty good. It's just that scene where she saves the kids that was like, that looked yeah. really bad. Yeah. Yeah. That I was would say pretty the CG. Blatantly. Yeah. The CG was a little off, but I would give it up for like a lot of the choreography was really good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. And even like she knew that she wasn't at like you first got to sign that something was wrong when she tried to break that lock and it took her like yeah. three or four tries. Yeah. And I was like, OK, what kind of lock is that? Now I'm thinking the lock is important because it took her three tries to break it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then we kind of realize that she's losing her powers because of her wish. And um knowing that she still went into battle full on did what she had to do and she's taking bullets she's getting hurt and even when she was under the vehicle and just like holding on for dear life um at no point did it ever be like you know i can get hurt i should probably stop it never even occurred to her and um like it never even entered her mind that 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 she could that that she shouldn't be doing what she's doing so when they got that pop up scene and she kind of like rose up i was just like like I wish I could do like the big eyes. <laughs> <laughs> big anime. <laughs> yeah. Like uh Puss in Boots cat eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love the chase scene. It was cool. Um again, being a small stickler with CGI, I didn't feel her running in the scene was a little natural for me. Mm-hmm. But again, overall when you sit there, you watch it, it is a still a very fun scene that is going on and 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 she's kicking ass um i i love the fact like again she and steve's has this invulnerability steve's kicking ass he has no yeah. powers or anything they're coming in you see their teamwork and all that but again yeah. like uh i i could see that scene over and over again you could you could probably pick it up, up because of cgi but we know that warner brothers right now with the dc movies does not do great with the cgis i mean look at doomsday look but at um, weird, you figure, like shows like the flash and flash know, does it they and do Supergirl it really do it well. well they do it and very well that's why i was kind of like like the the running did throw me off it, like took me out of, uh, like gave me a sense of disbelief but otherwise like you know no it was, the, it was the choreography fun. great it was the brief yeah. moments where she was running where i was like I get it. You're faster than everyone else, but you don't feel like you're running. If that made sense, right. it felt like no, she I was running that. in place, and that's why, yeah. like, you bring up a good point because I, I, we've all seen Supergirl, we've all seen Flash. Supergirl definitely, they, I feel like they've nailed it with the running in there with how they do it, and that's the thing. When, um, personally, I feel that the CGI that they do for the TV shows have been better than some of the movies. Oh, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. But um, I'll take this question from Woody. He feels that, you know, with Steve, like with Lobati, listen, it it's part of a plot device. Don't even think too much about it, bro. It's cool. It happened. No, he's got a, he's got a point because it goes against everything that Diana is. Um, that kind of hit me wrong too. Like at first when he came, I thought it was going to be like that guy had mm-hmm. overdosed or, or I don't know why I said overdose, maybe because eighties and cocaine make, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that he was in a body of somebody that was deceased. Like, so when he said he mm-hmm. woke up, I was expecting him to say in the morgue or like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. something yeah. like that. But to find that it was a person that 
is alive, but his consciousness has been taken over. That was like, you could have found yeah, a better weird. way. They get it because that's, I think, where people got mixed up. Uh, and I try not to touch it with that subject with it because it's like, listen, I don't know how else they could have wrote it. But then, yeah, they're doing all this I other mean, and stuff. I think, I think it's hey, Natasha. You know, I think it just comes down, you know, to the wish itself and the wish does there's there's a consequence. And, you know, part of that consequence is her losing her humanity or not losing her, her losing her power. And and also you know, humanity is part of that. But I think because yeah. she's been she is for so long, it would have taken her longer. Yeah. And, you know, and the fact You're that right, like the whole the whole, you know, cheating right. thing, yeah, that lesson she learned, she just didn't she didn't want to see past that. She just wanted Steve. And all she saw was Steve, where in the, you know, the outside world, they just saw handsome yeah. man as, as he right. was and, as. She, <laughs> and she even said at one point, I only see you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. obviously yeah. in her, like in her mind, she has Steve back that whatever the, the cost is, is the cost. She has Steve back, which yeah. is another thing. A hundred percent. Um, and, and I think that that was like they they could have found a better way, but maybe they were trying to prove a point with that too. That yes, Diana is all of these things, but she's also just as human and flawed as everyone else because she was perfectly okay with suspending like okay, I, this is a person, but I'm not going to think about it now because my my immediate want is being fulfilled right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. I also think it was more of like the way I took it was that like she's from Themyscira, like she's used to this kind of weird stuff. Like th things like this is like, I guess somehow like makes sense in her world, you know. So like, and I like talk about that I, she's never yeah. experienced that before. Well, no, no, right? not that that's a common thing of people come back from the dead, but like just magic in general and like. No, no, no. I know what you that. mean. I was just saying like, yeah, she, so I, she, yeah. She's the only one out of the entire Justice League, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. Um, unless you're counting, um. Martian Manhunter, which unfortunately DC doesn't. Um, On Supergirl, they do. On Supergirl, they do. One that's outlived. No, I mean as part of the Justice League. Yeah. Um, she's the only one that's outlived the people she loves. Mm -hmm. In also, that I, um, like Batman lost his parents as a kid, yeah. but she's the only one that's seen lived with someone, seen them grow old and die, and yeah. she's still the same. And that's you something almost, that she's going to realize she gets more lifetimes than anyone else. She's a demigod. Mm -hmm. um, but like she that, will that, see I, I, everybody yeah. that she loves grow old and die, and she's still going to be there. So she's already experienced that with her aunt and then with Steve mm -hmm. and then with Etta and everyone else there. Like, So she's incredibly lonely closing herself off from everybody because she knows that everybody that she loves is going to die and she's going to have to go through this over and over again. And so getting Steve back, I think makes her more likely to ignore all of the bad things around that because this is this one piece that she gets back. Yeah. Cause it's been yeah. years or so since he died. Yeah, yeah. I took it as like, she was like the, the, the way I took it was that like, she kind of was like, Oh, it's probably like a magic thing. Like not gonna, question maybe right he's now. somewhere else yeah else. but that's why i really thought that he was gonna yeah. say he woke up in the morgue like i i really thought, <laughs> I thought that, that zombie steve <laughs> hashtag zombie steve it would make more sense you get you have yes, like somebody would. recently 
he died or like he woke up in a hospital bed from somebody who went, you, you know what I mean? Like that person had passed and he just took over their body. I wasn't expecting it to you be still, somebody who was actively alive and yeah. sentient at that point. You so, yeah, still that have one, some like level of guilt from her too, though. though. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did I, like how they brought it back at the end, though, where you, it's the same guy, right? It's the guy yeah, again? Yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah. yeah. And Name he's like, Hallmark guy. Like, yeah, he's like, everything's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, they, they had a little bit of a thing, but like I thought it was nice because like you know there's it's the end of the movie. She's still a little sad, but then like there's that reminder of like you know like he came here and told you the world is beautiful because I took it as she was kind of depressed in the beginning of the movie. She has like oh yeah a little bit of depression. There's also like just the grief, and the movie to me was like her dealing with her like depression and grief, mm. and moving past that and finding like you could still love. Um, even after someone's dead and like it, it was i thought it had a lot of like touching moments the the plot of this movie and so like that little reminder at the end was, I thought time was, with, even if yeah. it was yeah, she got to and yeah. she got to get she got to say good give him a proper goodbye and yeah any all of us all of us have somebody that we would love to have just a few more minutes to say goodbye to if we if yeah we could. but we but like we we could stay on Steve the whole topic and everything, but it's like it's just funny, like you say, she got to do the proper goodbye. If we forget about the fact that he took over someone's body, it was um a great way of seeing like because like how you point out Chico, but she she was a loner, she she looked like she was depressed and everything, and then you know this happened. Um, I think it also leans back to like her lesson as a little girl, like you know you can't take the short path, and it was kind of like yeah. that's what she was doing. So, it, 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 again, it's it was a weird trope that they did took over this guy's body. I mean like. The funny thing, if you really think about it, where was this guy for a week? Did, did no one go check on him? For, no one call the APB? Did no one go see? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. is he still working? Was they're he like, on vacation? I, mean, I don't know. Guy. <laughs> he said he was an engineer. Where was his boss? Like, dude, are you coming yeah. in? Dude, like, coming in? <laughs> but um, let's get into the villains of the movie. Um, I have my ups and downs about the villains. I love how everyone played their characters. Obviously, mm -hmm. they're not close. And I'm going to say the disclaimer before everyone gets in there. They were not close to what they were in the comics. That's fine. Whatever. I think Pedro Pascal did the excellent job of what he had. He did it. Knocked it out the park. I think um, Kristen Wiig did the best job that she could. And I think she did a great job of taking that, oh, I'm going to be this awkward, weird type trope. And she went out there and delivered what she did and did a great job. Um, how did you guys feel about the villains? I'm going to pick. I personally loved Cheetah. Like, obviously she's not Cheetah as, as we know her. Like, this is like, to me, I'm just counting this as like a separate, just movie verse. But, um, I loved her because you you see like why she wants to keep her wish because you know she's forgotten people ignore her she's like she's too geeky in the 80s kind of thing where like you know if you were like that you, no one's gonna pay you any attention people don't even remember her name um and like I felt that before too so like I totally understood why she was like I want to be like Diana who everyone loves everyone talks to everyone remembers her name like she's strong she's protected me from this drunken man at a park like I I totally get that and you know as soon as she gets a little bit of attention and just I guess respect she deserves in the beginning she likes it and wants more of it and that's when you start to get like the fall of her character because what she had to give up was her humanity basically like her her soul almost to 
become this powerful being, she loses what made her her and kind of makes her like hate everything and just want to destroy everything. And I, I like that. I also really, really appreciated the scene where she beats up that guy. <laughs> I would not have taken it that far. But as someone who's been catcalled and harassed before, I was like, oh, man, I feel this so much right now. <laughs> I love that scene. Oh, my God. That was one of my favorite scenes. I was like, hey, you took it too far. You almost killed him. But I understand. <laughs> oh, she beat his ass. That's good. Yeah. She deserved it. Got his yeah. ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> love that it. Thing. But I, I love this part where um, she sees the guy. I forget who what her name, what his name was, but she sees the guy she recognizes from work, I think it was, or mm -hmm. something else. And like for a moment uh, when she- It was him, the homeless guy uh, yes, that yes, she gave guy food she to always, after, after yeah. the lunch date or dinner date. When she first notices him, there's like a quick like look of shock on her face, but then instantly they show him next and then they go back to her and it's gone. So that was kind of like the last shred of like herself yeah. that she got rid of in that moment. So I thought that was like pretty powerful. And then the music that's playing on in that scene too, I guess her theme music, I don't know. But it was also like really fitting of that scene. I was like, this is great. This is a great like villain moment. <laughs> Katarina, chime in. Come on. Did you feel about Barbara Minerva? Um, well, for me, Barbara Minerva, there's a lot that we didn't get to know about her. So I don't know how close she is to her original iteration. And no, this didn't come from Africa, but it's almost like they brought, I don't think this is the end of Cheetah. Um, I hope not. I hope not. Even though it like we never saw her denounce, we we never saw her mm -hmm. denounce her wish, mm -hmm. and it's, so we don't really know what the full extent is here. We don't know if she's an, an heiress. We don't know how much money she had. I mean, she went out and she bought those killer heels and that little black dress that looked pretty expensive to mm -hmm. me. Um, so she might be that, that Barbara Minerva. Um, but they never really delved into it. I hope it's not the last we see it because I do think that Kristen Wiig was absolutely beautifully cast as this part. Mm -hmm. And when I found out her age and how she rocked that dress, I was like, girl, <laughs> bless you. Um, as far as Maxwell Lord is concerned, he to me reminded me a lot of his earlier Justice League showings. Um, but it all came down to the same thing. His son is his priority and he's a bad guy, but not a bad guy. Uh, and I and I kind of like that in the end, no matter how much he wanted that more, uh, his son still took first. I would have been very upset if something had, if he had kind something of cast happened. his son aside. Like that mm. would have been like the biggest against Maxwell Lord to me. Mm. I just appreciate um, that Pedro Pascal. But overall, I thought the villains were placing his dad. Um, I, I loved you that you can see her progression of her losing her humanity and kind of being okay with it. Um, mm. And then even in that final scene where she's like, no, I'm never going to renounce it. And she gets, you know, are we doing spoilers? Can I say it? Yeah. Never at any point did she question, do I not want this? No, I'll take this. I'll, if it makes me a furry for the rest of my life, I'm going to take this because I've been powerless <laughs> up until this moment. And I love that. Oh, she man. said, she said she wants to be an apex predator. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, she she kind of had like two wishes because like she had the one where she wanted to be Diana, yeah, and right. then she wants to be the apex. So like maybe she denounced the apex, but we never saw her like denounce, yeah, denounce the other one, which is why I think we still have a cheetah. 
for next year. Possibly. For more That's what I, I ever saw her denounce. Right. So you never. Uh-oh. And, you know, there are people who wished that didn't know that they were wishing. So how could they renounce something they didn't realize that they had done? That's also well, true. Yeah. I think, you know, all of his like, don't you wish that I was like, that? yeah, sure. I wish it like, but I wouldn't be like, oh, I, I better Did renounce that wish that I didn't stone... want anyway. Like, you know. Yeah. Do we ever confirm if the stone or the gem could ever like do multiple wishes? Like, cause he, cause Maxwell said at some point, he was like, oh, I got a wish from you already. So he was like, oh, whatever. But it gave the impression because she got her wish and then Maxwell became the gem itself. And then was like, I can grant you a wish. She was able to get that because it wasn't necessarily the same wish giver, if that makes sense. I think I think he gave so I think she got her wish for being like Diana, and I think uh he gave her her cheetah wish. And so when he renounced his whole thing, yeah, that's what I thought. It's I think that's when it went away because he was giving her that she renounced the cheetah wish because she got two wishes in the movie yeah i because the other thing too is we never see because he renounces his wish but like you were saying like some people didn't even know they were wishing so how could they renounce it we never see the stone form back again which mm-hmm. means technically doesn't that make him still the stone i think they because what some they... wishes weren't renounced I think that that's where the right. confusion with that comes yeah. into because he says was he it? renounced his wish, which his wish was to become the stone. So yeah. they're assuming that you're going to know that the like, and also too, it's like, I guess. Right. The and he wished to be the, and he wished to be the stone, but what was giving it the power was the thing that was around it that was imbued. So that was just sitting in his office. So that might not be the, the, the end all be all. And that's what I, in my own head, I'm trying to connect that, which kind of almost looks like a bracelet that yeah, maybe Cheetah's going to pick up. Um, yeah. And that'd be like, because in her other iteration, like a talisman that gives her her Cheetah, and that, that could be mm-hmm. like her tie to that god yeah. in particular. Um, but yeah, we there's a lot that we didn't see. Well, and when we, um, we now saw... that they've announced a Wonder Woman, I'm wondering. Yeah. I also appreciate that they added in more he gets the, what he uh, wants, but at yeah. a cost. Yeah, because yeah. it was yeah. cost as his health. He was losing his health, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. why he was pushing to do more wishes, because every wish that he was granting to get what he wanted, his health was deteriorating throughout the movie. That's with the other thing, too, is mm-hmm. the whole, the more thing, if everyone only allow... Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was taking, and he, he, he was giving and taking at the same time, but eventually you're going to run out. Mm, yeah. And then what? But I think I but I think they explain it because since he if everyone's only stone, allowed that one wish. Yeah. Yeah. But, right. Yeah. But since he became the stone, I feel like he would understand some of the properties of the stone of who you can give yeah, a wish somebody and you can't had give a wish. It. Yeah. Someone had to wish with them. But I think like also too, when he and this is just for me, when he renounced his wish because he wants to go save his son, um, I think that also negated a lot of people's wishes because if he didn't have the power, you know, it and because again, you never saw Kristen Rigg renounce any of her wishes. They just showed her not in a cheetah form anymore. But when uh, Maxwell right, and then renounced the, end of the movie, like power, fast forward five months, so you don't see when Maxwell renounces his wish to be to be the stone itself. All of the like super weapons, like everything was kind of reset back to normal. 
does that negate her second wish from him? That's what I got from it. Yeah. But, um, but like, again, it's, it, I, I also, but that doesn't mean me, that she doesn't have the original powers that she kept from Diana. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think, I think she, I think she kept her first wish, but that she doesn't have the cheetah thing. And then if she, you know, does get a break, if that thing is a bracelet, she gets that or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, hook we get for her to become cheetah again, um, right. she'll, she'll get the suit, you know, not the suit, but you know, the furry. Now for me, but for me, before we get um onto the fan service, because we also lost some of this fan service that was in this movie. Um, again, Maxwell Lord Pedro Pascal did an awesome job. I think it was late in the game that um, you know, they kind of went through his backstory. I think we should have got that earlier. That was just me. That's fine. It's whatever. But again, Pedro Pascal was the eighties uh salesman. <laughs> but um yeah. let's let's get into the fan service of the movie because there was some great fan service there. Ladies, I want to know how you guys felt about the fan service. Jacoba, but we'll start with you because again, we were talking about um the fan service in the background. Please tell me how you felt about the fan service in the movie. So we talk about like how we finally got to see the invisible jet and that yep. kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was so happy for the invisible jet, but I was hoping we would get a joke of where we parked it. Where did we park? It? <laughs> I was hoping so badly we would that that Steve would make the joke because that's such a Steve thing to be like, where did we park 100%. the invisible jet? <laughs> 100%. Didn't get that. But I, I wish like they used it a little bit more. Because it only got like the one bit of screen time and then never again, mm -hmm. which I get it. It's invisible and she lost her invisible coffee cup. So, like, <laughs> never finding either of those two things again, clearly. But um, I, I just wish we got a little bit more of it. That was all. But I'm, I'm happy we got to see it. And it makes sense that like we only got to see it once because she, she still doesn't know how to fly a plane. So it makes sense she shouldn't have it. Right and, also, now. and also we lost it because, you know, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how did you feel about seeing this invisible jet? <laughs> um, I liked how they they had her make the jet invisible. In every other in in the animated series, it just already existed. You didn't see where it came from or or how mm. it came to be. So getting that little backstory, I thought that was a cute little add-on there. Um, in one of the animated films, Wonder Woman animated films, uh. Steve is flying the jet and he's trying to take down some other planes and he's hitting the bomb button and he sees that the bomb's like ejected, but nothing's happening. He doesn't see them. And then all of a sudden the, the, the target gets hit and he's like, Oh, invisible plane, invisible bombs. I'm like, ah, <laughs> like, <laughs> so watching that at Tony's house the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of like, like she was saying, I, I was kind of hoping to see, um, like some kind of humor around it and them flying through the fireworks. I was like, come on guys, That's you have an invisible jet and you're going to do immediately make it visible. Like, what are you, you just got it <laughs> off radar. But it so was very cool. cool. It was very cool. It was very reminiscent of her with the ice cream and just like the, wow, this is amazing. And <laughs> everything with Steve being brought up to speed, like everybody parachutes now. Like, it's just like all of these. That was funny. It was cute. It was cute. <laughs> And yeah, then I, I think seeing the pictures of like Etta on, on the ship and, you know, mm -hmm. there, there were a lot of like little things that were just really sweet to see. What scene I was think, it that you took Oh, I think the, the scene with the fireworks, I think like the reasoning behind that, because like, yeah, like 
makes them visible because like you see the fireworks you know exploding weird (laughs) but um i i get why because like steve is kind of like her light i guess in some way like he he's the one that makes her see how beautiful the world really is and like that was that moment of like she you know like she's looking all this beauty around her and it's like because she's with steve that she sees the beauty she hasn't been seeing the beauty of the place she's been in for all these years because he hasn't been there he brings it back and like that's why i thought that scene was so touching besides the fact that it's beautiful because they're literally flying through fireworks like how much prettier can you get Mm. but (laughs) like i i thought that was also why it was such a good scene and you i feel like yeah it was just great their chemistry was was beautiful when they they were at the club and and she's like and, and he's like i wish we had more time and she's like don't, and oh, then that, hit, like, that hit hurt me. Around. That hurt me so much. <laughs> that, that hit just right. It's just like that one when they were flying through the fireworks. I chuckled. I'm like, it reminded me of um, switching to another fandom, Star Wars, when Obi Wan hands Luke the the saber, and he's like, "This is the most dangerous weapon in the universe," and he immediately points at <laughs> 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 I, I had a different right? on that because I'm, so, I'm going to bring hey, in we just my. Let's fly through the one thing that will make you visible to anyone looking at this guy. <laughs> I, I had a different take on it. The other reason why I like that scene is it reminded me exactly almost like scene for scene. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna bring my fandom in. Uh, Final Fantasy 13. There's Ooh. a scene where um, Sarah and Snow get engaged and he proposes to her during fireworks and he takes up this like bike that can like float and they go into the fireworks and like at, and they like kiss and stuff because they just you know got engaged and they're enjoying it but she eventually has to go and kind of like die so it was very reminiscent of that scene to me because i was like oh this is like the faded lovers again and there's fireworks and <laughs> this is my heart can't take this <laughs> <laughs> i love how I love that they also that they had her give two not the movie gave two nods out there for again for fan service. One was when Wonder Woman is flying, she did the Superman pose as she was yes, flying with I the arm popped like that. And then we at the end we got Linda Carter, the OG oh Wonder Woman. Uh, again, this I think it I was cried. like nice little fan. <laughs> that was so dope. So, so dope. when when they first show, what is the character's name? Artes Artesia? Asteria. 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 Thank you. When they first showed her, I was like, why are they showing her eyes? That's weird. That's weird. They're focusing on her eyes. And then, like, it clicked right away at the end. And I was like, oh, my God, she's the faded warrior. I <laughs> love that so much. That's like, the this. most beautiful way to bring Linda Carter into the show, like, into the movie verse mm-hmm. was by having yeah. her be the original golden armor. I loved that. And it made me tear up. I thought that was so One of my nit. My my nitpicks about the casting of Wonder Woman is that they didn't give her blue eyes. I still to this day do not understand why she can't wear blue contacts. And every single iteration of Wonder Woman since 1941, she has had dark hair and blue eyes. And they cast the one actress that has brown eyes. <laughs> so when they show She's that so scene in the golden too. armor with it shut and they focus on the eyes, like you said, I'm like, that's what Wonder Woman should have looked like. And lo and behold, <laughs> it was Linda Carter. Well, I meant no, she's that, the OG. That, thing that got yeah. me for sure. That was when I was like, I'm tearing up now. <laughs> but I was like, when, you know, because you see her from the back and it's very rem- yeah. reminiscent of the blue. Um, yeah, it's the same blue outfit. Hair, so, but when her hand went out, I immediately was like, 
she's not moving the way that like I thought it was going to be gal. Yeah. And then when she turned around, I was like, oh, like I, I, I almost <laughs> and like. 40% of the theater, now mind you, the theaters here in Connecticut are at 40% capacity. I think there was like maybe 30 people total in the theater. A good 15 to 20 left. And I'm like, what are you guys uh, doing? Wow. Haven't, we been do haven't we been doing this long enough that you know to stay? Like, what's right. it yeah. I do this for every movie now, even if it's not a Marvel or DC. Seriously. I, I scrubbed through the credits. <laughs> And then, like, the, there was, uh, like, three people that stayed that were behind me, and we all started clapping. <laughs> we were like, yeah, and then we turned around, and we were, like, delighted with each other that we were all that excited. We're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I honestly hope that she might make more appearances in later movies. Like, I hope maybe... Maybe she'll even have like a role because, you know, like one woman said when she was explaining it to Steve, she's like, you know, she's the warrior that disappeared and I've been searching for her, but I haven't found her. I only found the armor. So the fact that she's been searching for her, maybe like in the next movie, she'll have a bigger role than just the credit scene. Oh, that would be oh, really cool. Really well, I, mean, I would love to tell her stuff. If yeah, you can't that would get be yourself, cool. I'd like to come back. If yeah. you can't get yourself enough of Linda Carter, Tune into Supergirl because she plays the president. That too. Yep. She's so, also on Sky High. She she's yes. Yes. for her age. She's so stunning. Like I can't believe how graceful Linda Carter has aged. Like she doesn't look her age in any form of the word. <laughs> no. Um, we, Every time I see her. Now let's get into like because um, there were more action sequences in the movie, but let's talk about how we felt about the final action sequence, which is Wonder Woman donning the golden armor. Urgh. And Cheetah, how did you guys feel about this scene? I'm gonna back it up because that White House fight scene was everything. No, that it was, was the great. It was probably the best fight scene in the movie yeah, for yeah. me. That was, it was poetry and mm -hmm. a ballet and it was exciting and it was beautiful there was this one part where she's fighting the secret serviceman and she just does this like back and her legs arched it's like this oh, beautiful line and i'm like, like yeah, you know what i'm talking about right and they slowed it they knew they knew what they were oh, doing and then so all of a sudden here comes cheetah in her in her hooker heels and it's like Whack! and i was like oh. <laughs> That to me was the fight scene of the film. That to me mm -hmm. was you're seeing Cheetah and Wonder Woman go at it. I felt that was more Cheetah Wonder Woman than that final CGI battle. 100,000%. And it didn't help that when we get to that final battle, it's dark. Mm -hmm. it, it, uh, it's raining or the terrain with the water and everything. I just, I just like, you couldn't really see, which I understand that was a choice because of the CGI. And mm. after we saw the cat CGI, we kind of knew where the cheetah CGI was gonna go. So I, I applaud that it was that better, but it was not. I like great. it better than cats for sure. Right, <laughs> but, it, it, like, looked, it looked good on my TV. <laughs> Like I think that they put so much pressure on this final battle to to throw everything but the kitchen sink at, and I think that that would that hurt the first Wonder Woman movie too because the No Man's Land, that fight sequence was so much more powerful than that final one between her and Ares because of all of that CGI. It was just it was just so much, mm -hmm. and then we have this final one between her and Cheetah, which thankfully was short lived, but it but again it just felt like too it was. 
they were throwing everything at us all at once and we didn't need that. I was I was perfectly okay if she never ever turned into a a furry. Like I was totally <laughs> on board with her as Cheetah as just a woman who was like, bitch, call me Cheetah. Like, like I was okay with that. I also um, I also feel like yeah. the golden armor didn't like live up to the yeah. Height. She 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 brought it out and then it got like torn through in in a like few it, minutes. It was like, it oh, was this like, great like, thing. And you're just like, nah, that's a tin can. Like you're getting wrecked. And she didn't even need it. And she didn't even need it at that point because she had gotten her powers back. Right. Um, I know that we're talking about that final battle, but that scene where she lets Steven go oh, and man. she walks away and then she says, I renounce my witch. And then she starts running and she like yells. That, that, oh, that to me was good like, scene so powerful and it was so like yes this is this is what wonder woman is that compassion the humanity mm -hmm. the the love that she has um not just for steven but just for for every all of humanity um and then you get to this final scene and i'm like this doesn't feel like her as much as the rest did mm. but it still was Kristen Wiig and Gal, the way that the two played off of each other, I thought was really great. That was a beautiful casting job. Um, mm -hmm. I like how friends start in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yes, and like it was all very in the beginning believable. Was so cute too. Yeah, it was Absolutely. all very believable. And Absolutely. her wish was such an innocent wish. She just wanted to be confident and elegant, and all of these things that she thought Diana was, and all of this other it stuff. That the Wonder Woman's wish was it wasn't a selfish wish in that oh i want to be like wonder woman no she wants yeah. to be like diana yeah um, she just didn't so know what that means yeah yeah but it, and it's like all of this stuff started happening to her not of her own volition this is not what she had asked for right. um, and the price that she paid was a pretty big price but at the same time having been ignored and shunned and always like I know how it is, how sometimes you can't take two steps without dropping something or hitting something and you're just, oh my God, like, why can't I just get it together? And then you see people like her who have it. To, like, I get that wish. Mm -hmm. I get why she wanted to hold on so hard to it. Yeah, um, no, I, And that's I, one I of the great it. things about this film is that none of the villains were like, you know, snap their neck. Yeah. Which I kind of thought was going to happen if you know your Wonder Woman history and Maxwell. <laughs> I kind of thought we were going to get there, and I'm glad that we did it. But, I'm glad that it was that it didn't go that route. Yeah. But I, but I, that I, I was once I knew that it was Maxwell Lord and Wonder Woman. I'm like, oh, are we going to get a <laughs> right, Jacoba? How did you, you know, you feel about those two fight scenes? So I, I also prefer the uh the white house fight scene that was definitely the mm -hmm. better fight scene and and agree with all of that um i didn't like the you know the final cheetah wonder woman fight scene so much but i liked the use of the armor because when she explains the armor was this was our you know this was our greatest warrior who sacrificed herself to man to protect us all and she donned this armor made from all of our armors so Wonder Woman yeah, cannot, a beautiful story. yeah, that she doesn't put the armor on until she sacrifices the one thing she has, Steve. She gives Steve back. Then she puts on the armor and it breaks. And like, I thought, you know, like it breaks in the fight. I thought that was like kind of like a silent, beautiful story in of itself in the fight. And that's why I didn't mind that like the armor is not used that much because it's more of the significance of the armor than the armor itself of why she's using it. Like she had to give up, you know, the one thing she wanted. And instead of fighting man, now she's fighting a woman. So like it's a, it's, and it breaks against a woman. 
So like, I thought that was like kind of a beautiful like silent story and it made sense. And that's why like the armor didn't bother me that much. The CGI was not good in that scene, but the actual <laughs> reason for wearing the armor, I like, I liked that. Um, and then the whole thing with Maxwell Lord, loved that she didn't kill him. I really loved it. I said it before, but um, I always loved that Wonder Woman was not just brute strength. Like, yeah, if you have Superman, you know, brute strength, Batman's got his gadgets and, and brute strength also. Wonder Woman is love and compassion and her brute strength. You don't have to fight everything with just, you know, physically. You can do stuff emotionally. And that's how she fought him at the end. She fought him by telling him, like, are you really going to, you know, succumb to all of this hatred when you have, like, your son, like, there, there's kindness and love in this world. Like, just be truthful, and you'll have things you, you want more than if you have to like be conniving and sneaky about it and use things to get the way, get things you want. Because at the end of the day, it's not really what you want. And that's that's another reason why I loved this movie was um, I'm like a huge fan of the monkey paw, <laughs> like story. Like mon the monkey paw story was made in 1902. It's been around for so long. And it's like one of those like creepy fictions where the whole point of it is to teach you, you cannot wish, like wishing for stuff does not get you what you want. You have to earn things yourself. That's the point of the monkey paw. And I feel like that was lost on a lot of people who just hate the film for whatever, like for that reason. I was like, that's the point of the monkey paw. And that's what the stone is. The stone is the monkey paw. It's teaching you Wishing for things is not how you gain anything in this world. You gotta, you know, you gotta be true to yourself. You gotta, like, you, you can't just be like, I wish I had a million dollars or something. Cause, like, what what is that gonna do at the end of the day? You'll have a million dollars. Are you still gonna be happy? Like, and that's why it has. Yeah, look at the guy with the cows. Why did like, he I, wish for cows? Like, no, he wished for a farm. 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 He got cows. Yeah. yeah. But and, no, it, and it's true. Like anything yeah. that you get, there's a price to everything. Yeah, and and just, just because something looks like an easy fix doesn't mean that there isn't some kind of cost somewhere down the line for it. Yeah, and is and it really like what the cost is going the monkey to be? paw? It's one of those like, you know, fables were meant to teach children like not to do certain things. Because, you know, they always had morals at the end. Monkey Paw is one of those. It's a fable. It has a moral. Don't wish for things. Do stuff yourself. And because in Monkey Paw, the consequences are even worse. If you ever read that story, it's actually like almost a horror, a horror story. It's I think a short they, made, story. they made it into a horror movie. Yes, because the, the I forget what one of them. Someone wishes for something pretty innocent and like people end up starting to like die and stuff. It's horrible. It the was, consequences are much worse. It's that. very <laughs> like it's the very butterfly similar. effect. Yeah, it's very similar. Like with um, what was it the the Wishmaster movies? Where if you mm -hmm. really think about it, a lot of people like I remember one guy. He was like, "Oh, I wish I had a million dollars." And then they show his mother um getting on the plane, and she signs off on a life insurance policy, and the plane crashes. That's the monkey paw. That's or even flashpoint. Yeah. yeah. Those are because yeah. we have flashpoint right there. That that'll tell you everything yeah. you need to know. All of those but, stories take from the monkey yeah, pot because that's from head. Yeah, Just, yeah. He wanted to save his mom. Yeah, but it's it's overall for me Wonder Woman. Um, again, like I said, it's a fun movie to watch. I love again how you guys pointed out 
like with our fight scene with Maxwell Lord. Um, I love, uh, again, Shakoba, how you pointed out to how it was Cheetah that broke the armor. But when you saw that uh, Asteria was wearing it, men weren't breaking it. I think that that's a great thing right there, which is something I didn't think about too. But it's like also too, going back to that very first fight scene, it kind of gave you the tone because she didn't really beat the shit out of those guys. She was just throwing him around and capturing him, tying him up. And even when the guy was going to flip and fall and like, you thought he was going to like, just land up, she catched him and it's like, nothing bad happened to him. Really. Well, she even told Steve at one point when he held the gun out, she said, don't, they don't have a choice. Yeah. yeah. So she was telling you like, don't, which is funny because in her comics, she says at one point, the reason why her villain list isn't as long as Batman and Superman is because when she has a problem, she takes care of that problem. She does her. She doesn't have a problem with killing somebody. She chooses not to. Like it's not like she doesn't. She can't. She has when. But if she doesn't have to, she doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I, that's what I love about Wonder Woman. She doesn't have to just be like, "I'm going to beat you to death." It's like, no. How about we talk this out, like people. <laughs> And you know. she gave Barbara how many chances to, to yeah, renounce her right. wish, whatever. And even then, she non-lethally took her down so that she could get to Maxwell Lord. Because mm -hmm. the, the end result was not, she knew that what they were doing with this wish stone, it wasn't them. She's not, Barbara was not inherently a bad person that was doing a bad thing. She made a wish, and these were the repercussions of that wish. And she might not have made that wish if she knew what the repercussions would have been, like beforehand. Now... Now that she's lost a lot of her humanity, no, she wants she wants that power, and I hope she keeps it because I want to see her again. I would love to <laughs> see more of her. That yeah. she was. Oh my god, so I would. So we're up that hour. The only problem is we've already fast forwarded to Batman versus <laughs> Superman, and if she lives a regular lifetime, um, she old. I don't. I don't think like she would. in her sixties at that point. Well, yeah, uh, she wants well, to do I think, I think she might get her spend her life. Yeah, I think it she depends. might have her, her aging healing factor. I'm interested to see if they bring her back and, and, and how they explain that. Because if it was from the, because his wish, Maxwell Lord's wish was to become the stone. That's what he renounced. So everybody else had to renounce their wishes to stop their thing. So him renouncing his wish didn't blanket renounce everyone else's. They would still had to individually renounce their own wishes. And you never saw her renounce either of her wishes. Mm -hmm. So... That's what I'm saying. Like, I think she lost her wish being the apex predator when he renounced his wish, but you never see her said, I renounce my wish when she made from her first wish. But um, we're at that hour. I want to get everyone around the table their um, final thoughts on the film where you rank it in the DC universe. I'm going to start from um, the order of heaven on the screen. So we'll start with Jacobo, but how do you rank the, the Wonder Woman 84 film and where does it stand for you in the DC universe films? I would definitely put it um, probably at my number four top also. Like the first Wonder Woman before it. I do like Aquaman and I, I love Shazam still my top uh, DC film for sure. Um, I definitely would give it like probably like an eight out of ten. Just because like the CG kind of like really <laughs> messed up a lot of it for me. Uh, a lot of like those scenes. But I honestly don't think it's bad at all i think it's definitely like a good watch you can i guess you can consider it a christmas movie now because it ends on christmas. <laughs> is it now a christmas movie is that how that works it's a july movie and a christmas movie it's like the nightmare before christmas where you get two holidays out of it you get at least two out of this film 
Yeah. Maybe we'll find out a certain scene was during Halloween also. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe with that scene where she's by herself at that cafe, it was Valentine's Day. So that's uh, three. That's valid. Yeah. There we go. I can, I, can stretch it. I can stretch that right out. Katharina, what is your <laughs> what is your final um, I'm gonna come in. and everything? I'm going to go slightly under her. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. And only because there are things um, that I do wish that they had made different choices with. And I'm not going to give them too hard a time because I still enjoyed it enough to watch it three times in one day. <laughs> um, and I will continue to watch it regularly, I am sure. Uh, it is also four for me. Number one is the original Wonder Woman, uh, then Aquaman, Shazam, uh, Wonder Woman 84, Man of Steel... Batman versus Superman, Justice League, Birds of Prey, and Suicide Squad. Did I get them all? Yeah, yeah. I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> However many are there, Suicide Squad is at the bottom. <laughs> yes, it is. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick on that. However, one. their soundtrack is fire. <laughs> Tony, where do you rank it? Uh, It's like... Uh, like number three, number two for me, interchangeable. Uh, Wonder Woman's number one, uh, and then it switches between Shazam and eighty four. Just because Shazam had such a low bar to be so good, <laughs> but I didn't think Shazam was going to be as good as it was. And then eighty four, you're like, it's got a, it's got the bar of the first Wonder Woman. Um, you know, so those are the top three for me. Um, hands down, it was it was a really good time. We've watched it twice, and you know. You guys had a lot of the had, had had a lot of the the marks that I that I was thinking about, you know. And I'm I'm here for it. I don't get any of the crazy, crazy criticism or some of the other nonsense that I've seen online and on my feeds and on Twitter and stupid ass articles. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Big I don't. The plane was a two seater. How was the plane a two seater? There's a lot of stupid <laughs> shit that's been said about this movie, and uh, it's just I a just lot hate of, it because I never I liked know. any Wonder Woman. A whole lot of hurt egos. That's how I look at it. Three Iron Man movies and those two Thor movies before Ragnarok, they better not have anything to say about Wonder Woman 84, okay? Oh my God, those were so bad. <laughs> right? In comparison. In comparison, they're like Suicide, suicide Squad level in comparison to Wonder I, I Woman can, 84. And I'm not a Marvel hater. I am not. I'm, I am a Marvel fan as well. I, no, no. Thor 2 is trashed. It's sci-fi fantasy <laughs> or somebody's wearing a cape. I'm 100% here for oh. it. You cannot, you cannot come down hard on Wonder Woman 84 and give freaking Iron Man, um, Mandalorian, three, three. Mandarin, the Mandalorian, Mandarin a pass. Okay? No, hell no. No, no we don't give that a pass. No, that no, got no, a dub. No, no, no. The other thing is, it didn't the first, if I recall, because this is a while ago now, didn't the first Wonder Woman get the same reviews? I honestly think it's just that people are still not ready for Wonder Woman, which is like. I well, mean, the first one did really well review wise. Yeah, I don't remember what. Because well. okay. I, I remember seeing a lot of like. It was it was Captain Marvel that got there was Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel got screwed up. Yeah, over. Captain Marvel. Um, and then with this one. All the early and a lot of movies do this too because even this happened to BVS and not saying they're the same thing, but all the early reviews that came out said it was incredible, amazing. I saw people saying Zack Snyder did the fucking impossible, uh, and then after the embargo was lifted and after a lot of other people saw it, that's when like the meters just start dropping. Mm -hmm. um, and that's happening to eighty four right now. Like it's apparently not certified fresh anymore and all sort of shit. Right. Uh, but like I remember the early reviews that came out maybe about a month ago. 
all positive, and then you didn't really hear any critiques or anything until till Christmas. And that's why I literally, like December 1st, I was like, guys, I'm off Facebook. Peace out. I'll see you (laughs) after the holidays. Cause I don't, I don't want to, I don't want anyone. Don't tell me if you saw it. I don't care. Don't tell me what you thought. Don't, I don't want to know. I want to go in there completely blind and just take it for what it is. And yeah, there were some things that took me out of it. Absolutely. But, um, it was still a great film. I'll still watch it a ton. And I'm, always proud to be a Wonder Woman fan, but I am super proud that Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot and, and everyone else involved in Jeff Johns give enough of a crap about her to try to put out good content. I'm, I'm here for that. Well, I want to thank you ladies for coming on, Nerds It Around, giving us the yes. thoughts on Wonder Absolutely. Woman and everything. This has been awesome. So so um, just to give a quick recap for you guys, again, check out Katarina um, um, Perjingers and Wallhangers, the description the links are in the description. Check it out. Check out Chakovabut on Twitch, Instagram, Facebook. The links are in the description. Check them out. Follow them. Support them. Keep up with them with all the Wonder Woman chat. Let's go. <laughs> it's been dope. Um, so, again, um, again, quick announcement, guys. We want to wish you guys a happy new year. We're back next Tuesday. We're going to have the guys from Comic Book School on, which includes Buddy Scur- um, Scalera, um, Ari um, from Creative Connections. We're going to get to talk to them about their new book that they're coming out with and everything. And, you know, just a nice little chit chat about comics. But, again, thank you guys. It's been another episode of Nerds Around. We want to wish you guys again. Happy new year. Peace. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.